She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And today we are talking with Dave Sherwin of Dirobi.com. And we are going to be talking about all things intermittent fasting, the optimal windows, and how stress management can be a huge reason of why you may not be losing weight. So Dave, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, let's talk first about just stress management for just a second. Right before we started recording, we were just talking about how certain people mm-hmm. are doing everything right. They've got their intermittent fasting window down, they've got this down, but they are still so stressed that they're holding on to the weight. Can you talk about that a little more? I can. And, and uh, you know, I've been in the weight loss field since 2009. And, and, immediately when we started to have a lot of success and a lot of people buying our products, it was really fun. And as a business person, it was exciting to do well and have all these people buying our stuff. But as the testimonials and as the stories and as the the difficult challenges started to come into our support, I was personally introduced to this world of the difficulties of losing weight. And we would get these people that would just say, I am doing everything. I'm taking your product. I'm following your protocol. I'm really, really strict. And I don't understand it. I'm just not losing weight. And that was something that I'd never really been involved with. We'd never sold a weight loss product before 2009. And so it caused a lot of research and a lot of, uh, you know, trying to figure out why would someone be be so stuck? Now, the, the most extreme case I ever had was a woman who wanted to lose 100 pounds. Uh, she'd ob- been obese since elementary school. So this is kind of a lifelong challenge that she was dealing with. And yet she was highly motivated and she really wanted to lose 100 pounds. And she really changed her lifestyle. I mean, uh, she was taking the right supplements. She was doing the right exercise. She was eating a great diet. She had a support system. She was a college student who had three roommates who were very loving and kind and supportive. And she involved them in her process and they helped her cook healthy meals and so on. And after 30 days of being really, really disciplined, she didn't lose a pound, which was just surprising to all of us. But she's like, I, I'm not you know, demotivated. I'm going to carry on. 30 more days didn't lose a pound. We're talking, she hadn't been exercising before and now she's exercising five days a week. She hadn't been eating very well, now she's eating very, very well. And after 60 days, not a pound. And then after 90 days, she hadn't lost a pound. It was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. And I believed her because she had these roommates that were helping her. They're eating with her, they're shopping with her, they're really helping her to do the deal. But then on the, but she said, She said she was in tears when I talked to her on the 90th day, but she said, I feel better. This is probably the body God wants me to have because I've always been obese. And so I feel better though. And I'm going to keep exercising. I'm going to keep eating right because I know it's the right thing to do, even if this is the body that I'm going to have the rest of my life. And in the next 30 days, she lost 35 pounds. It just started to melt off. Now, I can't tell you why exactly that happened, but my theory is that that very difficult 
stress that, you know, the, 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 the lifelong challenge she'd been going through, some of the family issues she'd been going through. I feel like once she had that kind of negative epiphany of maybe this is just the way I'm meant to be, that acceptance, maybe there was a release there, something internally, and suddenly she started to lose the weight. And so I've seen stories like that over and over again. And so for me, weight loss has become not just a physical thing. It's become something where we need to look at the whole person, what's going on. And, and again, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist or anything like that. But for those listening, this is something to just think through for yourself. If you're struggling to lose weight or if you're doing the right things and the weight isn't dropping off, what other underlying factors could there be? So let's talk a little bit about the virtuous cycle of health. So I know that you have a program where you say intermittent fasting works within a 24-hour cycle of health that you've called the virtuous cycle. So I want you to talk about that and really talk about kind of some things about estrogen and testosterone and when those are kind of the highest and your blood sugar and include all of that. Okay, it sounds great. And and so for me, I've been intermittent fasting now for going on, I don't know, probably probably about three years. And personally, it's just been a huge life improving experience. And as a certified fitness nutrition coach, I have been teaching um, my clients the, the same principle. And Again, back to what I said earlier, I, I think it's more than just a physical thing. And, I, and and of course, we are not just physical creatures, right? We are emotional. We have relationships. Uh, we have our spirituality, however you perceive that or experience that. And we have 24-hour cycles that we, we go through in terms of energy, in terms of emotions, in terms of physicality. And what I've learned from my own experience um, personally and as well as working with other people is that intermittent fasting is more than just a physical thing. For example, let's start in the morning with this virtuous cycle process. We know from science that when we wake up in the morning, our brain is at an optimal, is in its optimal state. The alpha waves are humming. We're creative. It's a great time to plan our day. It's a great time to think through some of our most creative work. If you're a writer, it's the best time of the day to write. This is not just, you know, Dave Sherwin, you know, the gospel according to Dave, this is science. It's the way our brain works. Intermittent fasting supports that. Because if you go back to the time we had our last meal, let's say it was 6 p.m. the night before. What's happened since 6 p.m. the night before is our bodies had a chance to digest everything in the stomach. 25% of the energy of our body is used in our brain. And so at night, we're able to be cleansing, digesting, uh, the blood is purifying itself. The, the the estrogen and testosterone starts to rise in the morning in both men and women. Of course, it's different ratios, but both men and women have estrogen and testosterone. It rises. The blood sugar is very low and mentally we're at our best. I'm a meditator. And so first thing in the morning, that's what I do is, is meditate. It's the best time of the day to be meditating. I've also found it's the worst time of day to be doing social media and news <laughs> because we literally raise our cortisol. If we now, depending on your social media, for those of you who have all loving 
kind friends and and relatives and maybe no one who's political, then that's fine. If your social media is all uplifting and wonderful, then ignore what I'm saying. But for many, many people, they have friends that are political, that are really into the news, that are into a lot of negative things that are going on in the world. And I'm not saying we shouldn't know what's going on in the world, but you can really have, you can really win the day if you take advantage of this optimal hormonal state with high testosterone and estrogen, low blood sugar, your blood uh, sugar in a perfect state, it's an excellent time to exercise for one, right? So if you can do your exercise in the morning, your body's really gonna thank you. As a matter of fact, uh, by then waiting till we have our first meal so we don't break that state, right? That also is creating some magic, some additional fat burning, right? And we're not adjusting those hormones too much we have high HGH, right? So we get a really great workout. So that's kind of the morning is, is I'm encouraging people to not just think of it physically, but also mentally in that optimal state. Have you wanted to start a practice of meditation? That's a, that's a great time to, to do it. Um, as a matter of fact, we should be doing our exercise very mindfully, right? If you go to a gym and you watch people exercise, the fact is quite a lot of them aren't that mindful, which means their movements aren't precise necessarily. They're more concerned about who's looking at them sometimes or Instagramming what they're doing than the actual workout. So this time of day where you can really focus and exercise at your best, every movement is done mindfully with quality motion, Right. So is, is this making sense? I, I'm talking about taking advantage of that period of time mentally, physically, spiritually to really win the day. Hey guys, I'm so excited. My new book, One Meal and a Tasting is out now. And if you order the book on Amazon, just the regular paperback edition, if you go in and make a review, you will get the audio book for free. Send a copy of your receipt to questions at chantelrayway.com and you'll get the audio book right away. Yeah, I just actually listened to something on a guy who wrote a book called The Power of Habit, and he just did a seminar on it. But I think that if you can create your habits where you say, okay, this is my daily routine that I'm going to do every day and realize social media, like you just said, in the morning may not be the best time for it. Plan another time that is better. So let's talk a little bit more about your virtuous cycle. I want you to explain kind of what would be an optimal cycle for that and kind of explain your chart that you have. Okay, sounds good. So now we get to that first meal. Now, I'm a, my, my health certification is through Precision Nutrition. And in Precision Nutrition, we don't teach principles like low carb, for example. It, rather, we teach healthy carbs, healthy proteins, and a balanced meal. And I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with plate portioning. That's more the model that I embrace because it's easier for people to do. My belief is that if things are hard to do or require an inordinate amount of discipline, that most people won't do them for very long. And so I encourage people to not get into things that involve weighing food, calorie counting, 
et cetera. Unless you're a professional athlete, a physique model, or someone who's living requires you to be in an optimal physical state. That's what we call level three eating and living. And it's quite difficult. And so for those of you that resonate with the level two, um, and let me back up to help put this in perspective. If level three is professional athlete and physique model, and level one is the standard American diet, right? Coffee and a donut for breakfast, pizza for dinner, a lot of, you know, alcohol, junk food, tons of carbs, lots of sugar, the standard American diet, sad. Unfortunately, that's the way many people eat. We're trying to raise people in my world from level one to level two. And at level two, you can have tremendous health. You may not be a professional athlete, but you can, you can get to your ideal body weight. You can reach your fitness goals. You can avoid the preventable diseases like heart disease and cancer, et cetera. Ideally, you can't promise that, of course, but there's many preventable diseases, metabolic syndrome that are prevented when you are a level two eater and fitness person that embraces that. So, so does that make sense? That's kind of the, the place I'm coming from. Yes, it does. And, you know, I've seen different things that, you know, are online and I've seen something called like the portion plate where basically they give you something that kind of says like, you know, you're not counting calories, but you're putting, you know, obviously the goal is not to overeat, to control your portion sizes and listen to your body's fullness cues. But this is kind of giving you a little plate and it gives you like, here's your protein, here's your veggies, here's this. But it kind of gives you an idea that says, hey, the amount of food that people are consuming. I mean, the portion sizes are so out of control. It just gives you kind of an idea of this is a reasonable portion, but obviously you want to get to a place where you're doing all of that based on your body's fullness and hunger cues instead of having a plate. Um, but what yeah. let, let's talk about kind of portion sizes and how you train people to get to the place where they are eating less than, than they you know were eating these huge portion sizes. You know, a big part of it, Chantel, is we live in a carb addicted society and carbs are not satiating and they don't satisfy for very long. And when you start getting quality proteins with each meal, it's a game changer for almost everybody. Protein is satiating. I mean, think about if anyone listening, if I give you a huge chicken breast, like just think about this, a huge chicken breast cooked, and you're going to sit down and start eating it. Like just imagine, are you even going to be able to finish it? There's going to come a point where it becomes hard, like hard to chew and swallow because chicken, a big piece of chicken, is actually hard to even finish. Now, if I give you the same size of mashed potatoes, you can down it in about 60 seconds if you wanted to. Now, protein is that way. It's more satiating. And so many, many people, their problem is really they just eat too many carbs and don't get good quality proteins with each meal. So what we teach is called the hand rules. If you take your fist and you close your fist, that's about the portion of carbs you should have. For many people, that's like a potato. So if we're talking dinner, you know, one potato would be a good portion of carbs. We then talk about protein the size of your palm. So if you're a large person, you have a bigger palm. If you had a, a, a portion of chicken, uh, imagine just, again, we're not getting into exact, you don't have to pull out a measuring tape here, just roughly look at it. Is it about the size of your palm? 
and then uh, healthy fats. So that should be about the size of your thumb. Okay. But that would work out to be about two ounces of healthy fat with each meal. And then if you open your hand and had a portion of vegetables on there, that would be the fourth portion. So we teach those hand rules of a portion of carbs, uh, protein, fat, and a portion of vegetables with each meal, roughly according to the size of your hand. Hey guys, I really want you to join our Intermittent Fasting and OMAD Facebook group. We're doing tons of giveaways right now for posting your before and after pictures and just for posting a question in there. We're giving away free protein shakes, some digest aid, all kinds of fun stuff. So please join our Intermittent Fasting and OMAD Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. Hmm. I want to dive back into the stress management program because I think it's it's such an important piece for people. And I know so many people are saying, you know, I've gained 10 pounds because of COVID. Give us an example of what kind of stress management program that you put people on to kind of help them to stay calm and so that they can lose weight. So... The answer for me would be meditation, right? Meditation in combination with this 24-hour virtuous cycle. So, you know, we're going to get to the evening here and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But as you go through a 24-hour day, you know, one of the things that, that we're doing to ourselves, I mentioned it before, is we are often constantly in flight and fight or flight mode, right? Our ancient ancestors... Uh, hunter-gatherers sat around a fire, and if a lion came, they were up and running real fast, right? And our, our, we, we are designed to do that. If we're threatened, we naturally can jump into, you know, our, our cortisol instantly goes through the roof, and that's our fight-or-flight hormone, and we instantly are ready for action, either to fight or flight. And unfortunately, our modern society has all kinds of things that are going on to trigger that cortisol and put us in fight or flight. For example, compare a hunter gatherer ancestor to someone who drives a car every single day. We don't think much about driving a car. We take it for granted. We hop in our car, we go drive somewhere. But when someone cuts us off or when we get in a near miss accident or we doze a little bit and maybe run a stop sign, all of those things are are, are stress causing. And we don't, we don't even think about these things. It's same as natural, I'm sorry, uh, man-made light uh, late into the evening, right? It's not natural. It's not something we're, we're designed to really handle that well. So we've got many, many factors working against us to keep our cortisol too high, our stress a little bit too high. As I mentioned, the news, some social media, there are so many people who are solely so highly strung right now and they can get under our skin very, very quickly doesn't matter what your political views are. Uh, the fact is we live in a society where some people are just, uh, frankly, it's gotten kind of embarrassing. I think some people act very childish on, on social media. And there's, there's, very, there's often uh, not much civil discourse. Uh, and so, again, hopefully that's not you and, and, and everyone projects love and light in, in, in the social circles that you're involved in. But chances are that's not quite the way it is. And so I'd say the answer to a question is in the trying to limit your social media and news time into the middle of the day. Don't go to bed 
having just read something that could be potentially, you know, really bothering you at a time when your melatonin should be very high and should be getting drowsy and sleepy. The worst thing you want to be doing is shining blue light in your face and potentially read something that's going to bug you and keep you awake an extra hour because seven to nine hours of really deep sleep is an important part of our weight loss. It's an important part of recovering from the great workout we hopefully had that morning right? This whole cycle of from exercise to eating healthy to our hormones that are rising in the morning and then, and then changing throughout the day. And then the melatonin rising in the evening that we want to support so that we feel drowsy when we go to sleep. And then while we're sleeping, our body is cleansing and our mind is rejuvenating. And then we wake up in the morning feeling terrific, right? So, so it's that, that cycle of limiting stress yeah, whatever those are, I keep saying social media because maybe that's just one that really gets me or the news, right? Like I can read a story that's either disturbing or awful or, or that I just disagree with or some, you know, you know what I'm saying? N news starts with any like negative, the word negative. News and negative to me both often are just negative because the newscasters know that happy stories don't sell. It's, it's sad, but the fact is, as human beings, we resonate to negativity for some odd reason. Uh, the negative headline about a war is much more likely to get our attention than a positive end up, end up lifting story. And so we need to take matters into our own hands to control. We, we need to be the guardians of our own brain of what goes in every single day. So let's talk about sleep for just a second, because I think that there's some people that like I have a friend that he says that at, he goes to bed at like one o'clock and he gets up at around seven. So he gets six hours of sleep a night. And he says, you know, he's tried to sleep later or go to bed earlier, but he, it's just his body only needs, you know, six hours of sleep. That's all he needs. How would you respond to that when someone says like, that's like, maybe, maybe someone saying I only sleep five hours a night. Like that's all I seem to need. What would your response to that be? I, I don't argue. I don't argue. We're all different. There are people, I, I personally know a guy in my own circles who gets exactly four hours of sleep every single night. He's a multimillionaire because he spends all those, all those hours working. That's what he does. He goes to bed at midnight. He gets up at four and he's kind of a workaholic. And frankly, I don't envy his, his lifestyle, but he has tried everything for many years. And he finally gave up and decided if I can't sleep, I might as well become rich. And he worked his butt off. And you know what? That's him. But I, what I would say is those are exceptions to the rule. And so for the vast majority of people, there's been too many sleep studies for us to not know that seven to nine hours somewhere in there is the optimal. There's a lot of research. There's tons of sleep studies. There's now tons of apps that people are using that we're getting the data back to, to figure this out. So I would say before you decide you're an exception to the rule, make sure you've done a very, very mature analysis. Make sure you've tried a variety of things. Make sure you've done studies. Uh, I'm sorry, that you've, you've studied uh, various methods of falling to sleep. And I would suggest that the majority of people are going to do best getting seven to nine hours per night, including trying to get to bed early-ish, like, you know, 10 o'clock would be wonderful for a lot of people. And also trying to be consistent. So if you're only going to get six hours, 
Try to make it that noon to six or 10 to four or whatever works for you. But don't go, you know, 10 o'clock till four o'clock one night and then midnight till six. Try and get it at the same time. We know from, again, that's another sleep study thing. This has been researched heavily. People who get a decent amount of sleep for themselves, whatever that is, maybe seven, maybe eight, maybe nine, maybe for the odd person, six, I get it. There's ex exceptions, but try to get it during the same block of time. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being with us. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's dirobi.com, D-I-R-O-B-I.com. Got it on my shirt. And uh, this Virtuous Cycle PDF, we have a really great resources page, Chantel. So you can download that PDF, put it on your fridge. If you like this Virtuous Cycle thing, there's several things on there we didn't discuss, but you can just put it on your fridge and, and, and go with that. We have also uh, the Undiet, which has been tremendously uh, successful for a lot of people. It's a simple way of eating along the lines of what I, I said. Um, and then, of course, we're going to create a, a discount code for your listeners, uh, uh, Chantel Ray. And so they can go, if they buy anything while at the site, they'll get 10% off. And so if you buy anything while you're there, make sure and enter Chantel Ray and you'll instantly get 10% off. Awesome. Well, you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.